It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, VSIN, the sports betting network. It's coming 12 days away, of course. Super Bowl 58, a rematch of Super Bowl 54. Unfortunately, Kansas City, of course, and San Francisco. So San Francisco opens two and a half. Hit down to one yesterday, back up to San Francisco lane two. With that, we say hi to Amal Shaw. Welcome back. I'm Patrick Maher. What is it? Tuesday at 2 o'clock west, 5 o'clock east. That means Adam Burke, managing editor over at vcin.com. A little Berkey Tuesday never hurt anybody. I got a lot to do. I got a lot to do with you. Okay? So, first off, look at that jacket. Did you and your boo go shopping? You're looking sharp, my man. I, I can tell how much you pay attention to my segments, Patrick. This is the same jacket I wear every week when I'm on the show. <laughs> can't, can't, you, can't you play theater of the mind and just let it be a compliment? I already knew that was the jacket from last week. I was just trying to hook you up with a compliment. Well, All right, Berkey. I, I obviously, do- I'm obviously really good at taking compliments. So, <laughs> you, know, you know what it is? It's a Midwest thing. We don't know how to handle them. Um, speaking of the Midwest, I want to do a couple things. Let's start. I want to ask you about the Lions and Campbell's decision making. I want to ask you about Lamar and what you took away there. But let's start here because it's important. NewVeasan.com. We're a few weeks in now. What's been the major feedback? What was, hey, this is awesome. The, our pro subscribers and everybody loves it. Was there anything they said, hey, what about this? And you had to tweak it. Like, where are we at with vsin.com with the new fresh paint? Yeah, a lot of the initial feedback was I hate change. And then a lot of the feedback yes. lately has been, man, this works really well. This site looks really great. The mobile optimization is definitely a big deal, especially when you look at the percentage of our traffic that comes via mobile. And 
And look, everybody is just constantly on their smartphones. I don't know how we got by before the age of smartphones, but everyone looks at the site on smartphones. So we wanted to make sure the site was optimized for mobile. We've definitely done that. We're rolling out a lot of Super Bowl content here this week to kind of lay the groundwork for just an avalanche of picks that'll come in next week from all of our people, from all of our hosts in our Super Bowl premium betting guide, which will come out next Tuesday, maybe Monday night, but definitely by next Tuesday morning. So just laying a lot of groundwork, building up this game here, and then we'll hit you with all the picks next week over at vcin.com. Adam, there's going to be a plethora of options in terms of the Super Bowl and props. I know we're going to get into it, but just give us an overview of what's a way maybe people can attack them. Because I don't know, Patrick, when's the last time you had a chance to look at the sheet out here? It has gotten so big now. Every year. It, Every well, you, year it gets I, bigger. The problem is you end up missing some pretty good prop bets along the way because there's just so many to navigate through. Yeah, and I think that is the tough part, feeling like you have the opportunity to actually digest everything that's out there. And, you know, a lot of the books out here kind of doing the staggered thing, whereas a lot of the legal U.S. books just kind of throw everything out there all at once. So that makes it pretty difficult as well. Uh, for me, I actually, I've kind of found some success, and I really like attacking a few different prop markets. I like attacking, like, the third wide receivers when you look at the receiving props because everyone's going to look at the main guys. I kind of want to try to find who that third option is going to be and sort of look at it that way. I also really like playing tackle props for the defensive guys. That's something that's an underutilized market, I think. And along the same breath, I like the kicker props a lot. I like to kind of analyze, you know, what these teams may do in the red zone with the tendencies I picked up on them in some of their bigger games and, of course, in their playoff route to get to this point. So those are three of the markets that I think are kind of a little bit underappreciated here because, you know, everyone wants to bet Kelsey and Pacheco and, you know, Rasheed Rice and all these guys. Give me the guys that I think will factor into the game plan that more often than not don't or I think just wind up being good matchup guys here in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's a great because the, the prop options are so copious. I think people get FOMO, like fear of missing out on a bet, and they can kind of become paralyzed by that. Just like you said, I think specializing and maybe some of the deeper props is a better way to go. Hey, did you hear the big news? And I'm going to give you a couple hashtags. Hashtag unfinished business. Hashtag culture. Dan Campbell. We'll talk about his in-game decision-making, but how about Ben Johnson coming back? Let's run it back, baby. We're going to win a Super Bowl. I'm sorry to your Cleveland Browns and the rest of the NFL, but next year, one pride. It's all Lions, baby. Well, look, I'm just happy it wasn't the best month in the history of the state of Michigan. No offense to you, but I, I don't think I can oh. handle Michigan and the Detroit Lions uh, all in oh. one month. But, look, I'll say this. I mean – you know, the commanders talked with, with Ben Johnson, and they apparently they were flying back. And he was like, yeah, no, I'm good. So it kind of makes me wonder what the pitch was like for the commanders and what their ideas are kind of going forward here. But it's a huge deal for Detroit. I mean, you know, obviously that offense was really, really good. And, you know, for Campbell and in terms of the decision-making, I mean, look, first of all, people act like taking the points is some automatic. It's not, especially with a kicker like Michael Badgley, who isn't very accurate from, you know, 40-plus, 45-plus, where that kick was going to be. It's what got them there. It's what you do. And I think people kind of underestimate and underappreciate the fact that you have to basically handicap all of these different variables in the span of, like, 40 seconds. And I know that there are guys that are paid to do that, game theory experts, things of that sort. Hopefully, every team has one by now. But it's a decision that you have to make very, very quickly. Timeouts are very precious in the NFL, so it's not like you can always take an extra two, two and a half minutes to think about these things. You could have kicked it. I'd have been okay with it. You could have gone for it. I was okay with it. But the thing that always bothers me is guy misses the kick, and people are going to say, well, he should have went for it. 
Guy makes the kick. Oh, great decision. That's not how that works. You know, you have to make that decision before the outcome. And the other element to all of this, you have to have the right play called. You have to have a play that you can execute against whatever defense you're going to be facing. Give your quarterback two or three options. He has to make the right call. There's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, the armchair quarterbacks really oversimplify the process. I, I appreciate what you're saying in the argument. For me, when uh, now were you talking about the second uh, time when they went uh, just decided to pass up on the field goal no. or the first time? Okay. Yeah. For, for me, the first one was an absolute no-brainer. You have to take the field goal to attempt to go by three scores. The value of being up by three scores is so immense that it puts incredible game pressure on the San Francisco 49ers. You kick the field goal attempt, and Badgley, assuming he makes it, if he doesn't make it, it's the same result except you've given the Niners 10 more yards as opposed to the fourth down effort where it was no good. But if you get up by three points more addition, at that point in time, three additional points, You've gone from a halftime margin of 17 to a third quarter margin of 17, but now you've taken eight minutes off the game clock. Instead of having 30 minutes, they've got 22 minutes to come back. I thought that was the easiest decision in the world. I'm not, I don't have as much of an issue with the fourth quarter decision. To me, as soon as the Niners kick the field goal, we're like, we get three points. It's Super Bowl, baby. You know, all I heard when Adam Burke was talking about the Lions is he's all in on the Campbell culture. You loved everything he did. Uh, maybe the Browns are in the rear view and you're coming to Michigan with me in my Detroit Lions. I'm all kidding aside. It's one of those things where with Campbell, uh, yes, he's going to struggle at times in game, though you agreed with the aggressiveness where we can go to. We agree. Everybody agrees. He botched it was late in the game. Right, like, again, maybe that's on Ben Johnson, but he's in the headset. Campbell could have said, we're not running the ball here. We have to keep these three timeouts. And frankly, I think they should have kicked it. They needed 10. They needed three. I think they should have kicked it when the, stop, when the clock stopped at a minute 46 and Laporta went out of bounds. That one I do agree with. That one you do need two scores. I think you kick it, and then you know you hope that you're able to either play defense or if you opt to go with the onside kick, whatever you decide there. Look, I mean – I guess I'll say this. We could probably assume that Josh Reynolds never got COVID because he can't catch anything. And and that was a really hey. big part of that of the decision-making process there, too, where, I mean, they should have had some conversions where he was open. You had the play. You had the look that you wanted, and he just wasn't able to convert. And so, you know, it's a lot of these different things, right? I mean, to, to kind of transition this over to the Ravens, people are blasting Lamar Jackson. Okay, whatever. The reality of it is Todd Monken called an incredibly bad game. I mean, the Ravens, throughout the regular season, the fewest number of carries their running backs had in a game was 16. They had six in this game against a really good Chiefs secondary that a Chiefs team that can have some problems with the run. To me, that's not Lamar's fault. Like, you have to put your players in the best position to succeed. And people are going to say, okay, the great ones will overcome that. Sure, maybe they will. But they won't always do that. And, you know, I just didn't understand at all whatsoever what Monken's plan was going into the game. And honestly, you know, it pissed me off from a betting standpoint because you go into these things thinking, okay, I can look at these publicly available numbers that tell me that running the football is a good idea. And this guy who has way more proprietary data than I will ever see apparently didn't think running the football was a great idea. So I think in a lot of respects, it was, you know, a frustrating weekend just in terms of, you know, coaching in general around the NFL and, Looking at these guys and putting your hard-earned money and trust into them and then just wondering, what, what are they doing? What were they thinking throughout the whole lead-up to this game? Uh, I mean, Not I to think... simplify it, I think Munkin got punched in the face and freaked out. <laughs> like I think he literally fell behind 
and just abandoned the run. It just felt like he just freaked out, and he didn't adjust at the half, boys. Well, you know, the one thing I would make the argument, Monka was at Georgia for two years. They had a great run. But let's be real. How many games did Georgia play during that run where they had to really adjust? Two? Three games? Yeah, they're on the front foot the whole time. Yeah. I agree. Needed to keep running the football. That's your identity. I did think Lamar maybe a little half second off in his mind as far as it felt like he was a little slow just to go. I don't know if he's trying to prove doubters wrong as far as throwing the football. I don't even really care about the likely pick, Berkey, because you know what he was doing. He was trying to look off and likely put his hand up. I don't know. I don't put as much on Jackson as others, but it was a terrible game plan. It was. It was a horrible game plan. And, and honestly, I mean, I think what's going to be really interesting now in the, you know, the, the lead up and the overkill leading into the Super Bowl is Kansas City did absolutely nothing in that second half. So Mike McDonald clearly adjusted. He adjusted on the fly. If Monken had, we're talking about the Ravens being in the Super Bowl. So I think that makes it kind of interesting in terms of how you want to think about Kansas City going into this matchup here against San Francisco. All right. When we return, what can you expect at vcin.com over the next 12 days as far as Super Bowl coverage? Our managing editor is here, and he's a tremendous writer. Go check out the articles at vcin.com. He's got a couple of basketball plays, college hoops plays as well. We'll get to them. Coming up, Berkey Tuesday, Sharp Money. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. I believe they say this is apropos 
we have our vsin.com managing editor on set and i'm telling you about the new vsin.com got a paint job fresh enhanced navigation mobile first focus we talked about that and you know i like to kid with them but this is literally we're on our phones incessantly and part of the redesign was so you could optimize it mobily and Honestly, that's, I'm on my phone constantly at vsin.com. So check it out. Improved functionality, expanded educational content. It's the all-new vsin.com, and we've got you covered for Super Bowl 58 as well. You know, my there's a lot of iterations of Adam Burke, and that's Amal Shaw. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. But my favorite Burke I just heard during the break, it's Bitter Burke. And he is bitter about this Ohio State football team. I mean, you if you heard the conversation during the break, you wouldn't even think Adam Burke was a Buckeye. How about that, Amal Shaw? Bitter Burke is back. Well, first of all, I like the uh, name you just gave him there. But uh, we were talking about Ohio State next year, getting Caleb Downs from Alabama. And he's like, hey, if Ryan Day doesn't win this one, it's over. He's gone. Bitter Burkey, you have a response? I mean, look, you know, you you finally got the program to spend some money. I mean, it costs money to outbid these other universities for some of these guys that they've gotten, and it costs money to go and get a Bill O'Brien type, and I still don't really love the hire, but they've invested in this program now. Ryan Day has reworked his coaching staff, and if they don't do it this year, it, I, I mean, it's national championship game or bust. I don't know no, if no, they no, have no, to no. win it, but what? at least they have to get there. Hell no. you got to win it. There's no, what are you kidding me? There's two teams this year. No, That's I'm, it. Well, I mean, I'm saying there's no way they fire Ryan Day if he makes a title game and doesn't win it. All I know is Larry Coker won a national title, and he was gone pretty quick afterwards. Uh, they I have love to win you it. Too. I love you two on the ropes, just kind of trying to <laughs> absorb the body blows. <laughs> <laughs> why, it's a, why it's a Michigan fan. I'm from Michigan. Hey, it's been a banner year for Michigan and Michigan sports. I know that makes you happy, Adam Burke. Now, let me ask you this. Um, what can betters expect? I know you sent out the email for all hosts and producers. We've got a lot going on behind the scenes that we're still putting together. But over the next 12 days at the brand new VEASAN.com, what can betters expect as far as Super Bowl coverage? So right now we've been rolling out just you know general looks at passing props, rushing props, receiving props, defense and special teams, kind of to help get you in the mindset of how you want to attack these things. We'll continue to do that throughout the week. Next week, we'll have our best bets from everybody who is doing them throughout the course of the season. Steve Mackinnon, Matt Humans, Wes Reynolds, Dave Tooley, myself, Zach Cohen. We'll have our regular best bets articles. But we'll be getting everybody who's on air, senior producers, some of our other personalities, to send us their favorite prop bet, send us a score prediction on the game. Like I said, we'll have our premium Super Bowl betting guide coming out next week. That'll include a look at the MVP market. That'll include our editor, Matt Devine, with his prop bets. He had an article in our free primer that came out on Monday taking a look at the prop bets that have been most frequent to cash over the last 22 Super Bowls. Nice. Now he'll parlay that into his favorite bets for Super Bowl 58. So all of that, cross-sport props, uh, maybe we'll talk about some of the novelty stuff that you can bet on in faraway places. We'll have wall-to-wall coverage over at vcin.com. Well done. <laughs> Even in a in your brand-new jacket, that delivery was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I keep getting golf know, claps from Wyatt over here, which well, I, the, yeah, the, the, the dynamic of the show is a little off, I think, without Dustin yelling at me about the, something. The, the big guy. Don't worry. The big guy's watching right now. Shout to Dustin. Feel better. Um 
so Sharon Moore, Michigan. The reason I bring it up is because you know, even because if you, you were to move me. on from no, be because if you were to move on from Ryan Day, it does feel like college football is in a bit of a transition with names because Harbaugh to the Chargers. I mean, even you would agree that's a no-brainer, right? Harbaugh to the Chargers, and I don't want to go too delve too back into the college football conversation, but you agree, like Sharon Moore for a Michigan fan, that's not exactly titillating. Right. Good use of the word titillating, by the way. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, Harbaugh had to go before they vacate that title in like three or four years. So it makes sense for him to go to the NFL. <laughs> I, I would say this. I mean, look, you know, I, I think there's a few different things in play here, right? I mean, first of all, you know, you get these football lifers, but I think a lot of these programs are kind of moving towards the head coach being more of the CEO of the program. Because now you're talking about all the NIL, you're talking about money, you're talking about closing all these deals, all of that. And the way that the game evolves schematically, you know, both offensively and defensively, you get all these different offensive and defensive coordinators that are kind of leveling themselves up into this, some of these head coaching jobs as well. So I think it's just a pattern that will continue to keep happening here. And, and I think with some of these programs, you know, getting more money, uh, realignment, all these different types of things, you know, the balance of power kind of starts to shift a little bit. And as a result, you know, some of those big names kind of do start to to go away or decide, you know what, I've done this for 50 years. I'm, I'm done. I'm good. I, I think to Adam's point, Patrick, I think you're going to start to see a lot more Harbaugh situations where coaches choose to go to the NFL ranks. This NIL and recruiting, every year your entire team's a free agent. This is not a necessarily the best way to be able to coach. And I think you're going to see guys, if the opportunity presents itself, jump ship. Right. And, and if yeah, you're like, a Nick Saban, you're like, why, why do I need to deal with this? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I think, no, what more do I need to do? Yeah. No, you're right. My friend said that Harbaugh went to L.A. because he wanted to get as far away from the fire he left burning in Ann Arbor. <laughs> it's almost like it's like, of course, he cheated his butt. The one thing about Harbaugh with the Chargers, it's like that's one thing you point to as a positive, his competitiveness, and he will cheat to win. We know that. It's almost like Pete Carroll. You think Pete Carroll wanted to leave L.A. for Seattle? Pete Carroll left USC because it was a disaster that he had built, obviously, with the infractions. And Anyway, I'm getting off the beaten path. Um what is, let me ask you quickly, what is this world of concrete you brought up? Because I was asking you boys, are you excited? Are you excited about the masses that are about to come to Vegas? Like, I, are they expecting the biggest crowds in the history of the city coming up over the next week? I, it's going to be, I mean, you're going to have 400,000, but they normally got 300,000 people in here when the Super Bowl was played elsewhere. Um, you know, the problem with the Super Bowl itself is it's become very restrictive to the average fan just based on pricing and accessibility to tickets a lot of people come out here to be able to bet the game just enjoy themselves uh, but i don't i don't know what would be the biggest event here that's a great question patrick I, that's a good one i'm trying to think i'm like we can noodle it a little bit i i would i would expect this is going to be record crowds for vegas i i can't think it any differently now i think the crowds would have been better burke you would agree if it was detroit coming to town as opposed to san francisco <laughs> so the world you of, would agree i would not agree the, the world of concrete oh. is apparently the only annual international event dedicated to the commercial concrete and masonry construction industries so no that's a real thing adam said thing. that we just had the world yeah. of concrete in it's vegas a, yeah, and i it's, had to it's check one of what that was one of many conventions out here ces is a huge one too well ces the biggest January. one world of concrete is one of the 10 biggest ones of the year 
Look at us. No, we're, just, we're just out here handicapping. You, you guys are dropping knowledge. Well, no, I do because that's the best time to go play poker. <laughs> yeah, because there's a bunch of fish floating yeah, 100%, around, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can take advantage of the donks coming from out of town. <laughs> now, speaking of donks, a lot of people from Michigan are donks. What I meant by that was you're going to get a wine and cheese crowd coming from Santa freaking Clara and a team that's kind of been there as opposed to a Michigan crowd that was going. Look. Levi Stadium was 50% Detroit fans on Sunday night. I rest my case. Yeah, I mean, honestly, look, like, is there anything better than getting out of Detroit in, you know, February? Why? Or, or getting out of Cleveland in February? Why? Like, the weather's horrible. Okay. So you get to I come out here? Did. I mean, you can't beat I that. I see what you did. I, you brought your city into it to make the exactly. landing better. For I mean, we we basically have the same weather, so... <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like I talk to my parents every day, and it's just been gray and miserable for like a month and a half straight. And I was like, yeah, not here. You know what else we have in common? The Browns and the Lions? Belichick coached both of them. Bill Belichick started his coaching career, I believe, tight ends in Detroit, Amal Shaw. How about that? That's, I didn't know that. I did not know he started there. I just still remember the reason, one of the reasons why I have such disdain for Bill Belichick is when he cut my guy, Bernie Kozar, he called it diminishing skills and cut him. I remember a friend of mine called me up and he goes, turn on the radio. That's how long ago it was, Patrick. He goes, turn on the radio. They cut Bernie. I go, stop it. I'm like, come on, man, stop joking around. Billy B is not getting a job in this cycle. Before we go to break, we'll come back with the plays for tonight, Adam Burke. Your best guess, who the commanders hire and who the Seahawks hire? Well, I think the Seahawks are going to end up with Mike McDonald. I'd, I'd be kind of surprised if that one didn't happen. The commanders, I I mean, do they wind up with Glenn out of Detroit? I, I, I don't know at this point. I mean, Johnson was probably their number one target, and, and he presumably would have had whichever quarterback he wanted to work with. And if he said no, then... I don't know. I really, truly don't know who's going to take that commander's job. I have a question for both of you on the other side. Do you think the commander's job is a good job for someone like Aaron Glenn or anyone else to take? I think it's tremendous because they're going to grab a quarterback at two. Um, Biennemi stifled the weapons. Biennemi was a terrible offensive coordinator. That quarterback got hit a million times. They never ran the football. And you do have some pieces on defense. I think it's a really good job with the new ownership group, which is going to be a soft launch for a brand new head coach. I think there's some energy there as well. When we come back, Adam Burke, college basketball with Amal Shaw. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get a VSIN Pro annual subscription. Become part of the team for a discount right now. So I like to say set it and forget it. So for $199 using the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P, you get a whole year, everything we offer, including the big game betting guides, the betting splits, daily best bets. And you don't have to worry about it for a full year. It's not, what is that, 16 bucks a month, something like that? My math is terrible. I'm all $199 divided by 12. SHARP is the code. And now we go to a mall for the answer. 16 and a half. Hey, dude, I wasn't bad. Oh, oh, uh, he's a mall. He's Adam Burke. I'm Patrick Maher. We, I heard the worst take during a commercial break I've ever heard on this show. And you too can stand up and take a bow. When I was a kid, my <laughs> Uncle Gordon used to babysit me. And he would turn on the TV, and here's what I would hear. 
It was the most depressing theme song leading into the television show called MASH. MASH was the worst sitcom of all time, and Adam Burke and Amal Shaw just talked about how great it was, one of the great shows ever. I'd like you two to defend yourselves, but I don't know how you're going to do it. Who hates MASH? Exactly. You want to talk about the worst take ever? That's the worst take ever. No. MASH MASH was was boring and depressing. Oh, man. Incredible show. Yes. Phenomenal show. Great acting, great writing, great directing. Scene design was fantastic. All the topics that they talked about were very, very advanced for a show at that time. That show pushed the envelope unlike any show that I think we've ever had. Phenomenal television show. To, to take something on a subject that's so sensitive <laughs> like the Korean War and to make it humorous and engaging and last yeah. as long as it did, yep. that, that is pretty impressive. Yeah, you're right. I think more sitcoms should focus on war. I totally agree. <laughs> and next week, maybe we could surprise Berkey on a Tuesday with Alan Alda. A surprise appearance? Huh? <laughs> Not sure if he's still with us. He's oh, still, he's still alive. He's, he's, still he's still alive. alive. He's still alive. Yeah. Well, I was going to R.I.P. Alan Alda. <laughs> For sure, Uncle Gordon that used to babysit me. R.I.P. <laughs> hey, uh, a couple things before we get to the plays. The Steelers, they loved the 16 and a half points that the Atlanta Falcons scored last year so much that they hired <laughs> Arthur Smith as the O.C. So there's that. Maybe without the added responsibilities of in-game decisions, Arthur Smith goes back to being a good play caller. Uh, what else? We talked about Johnson nixing head coaching jobs. Some are saying that Johnson wasn't going to get either job. That's why he did this to be proactive. I don't think that's the case. He would have definitely got one of those. Uh, Idzik is going to become the Panthers head coach. This is Dave Canales, of course, is ha- hiring Brad Idzik, who followed Canales from Seattle to Tampa. So. Canales is going to call the plays. I don't know either of you. I'm just getting the NFL news in. Either of you have an opinion on Arthur Smith to the Steelers? I I think it's pretty good for them. Look, they had Matt Canada. He was terrible. They didn't do particularly well even after they got rid of him. The big question in Pittsburgh is, and I saw uh, Rooney came out and said, look, this team needs to have, you know, more. They've got to step it up. They've got to get back to a Super Bowl. They need a quarterback. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what coaches you bring in, wherever you bring them in. Unless you've got the signal caller, Patrick, you talked about it. Ownership, uh, GM, head coach, and quarterback. And you know what? The only person that can overcome all those other three things being negative is the quarterback. You need an elite quarterback if you're going to win in today's NFL. Yeah, I actually kind of like the Arthur Smith hire because Pittsburgh's never bad enough to get a quarterback. Exactly. And it's really hard to pay for one in free agency now because all these guys wind up getting retained by their teams. So, if you're going to run an offense without a great quarterback, I think Arthur Smith and the run schemes that he's able to provide, I think it's a pretty good hire for Pittsburgh, honestly. A team that, look, they're going to have to win by running the football and playing defense, and I think Arthur Smith kind of allows you to at least do that on the offensive side with the hope that Kenny Pickett or whoever can at least be average. Pickett's not the answer. No, no I don't think so either, but like, what, what are they going to do? Desmond Ritter? Well, then they would definitely get a high draft Imagine pick. if Arthur Smith was like, I got an idea. Just hear me out. <laughs> Mike Tomlin would be like, we've rescinded your offer. Um, okay, we've got plenty of plays. Oh, by the way, our, my friend Art Nay and two other text messages already. 
I can't believe those guys like mash. Okay, I'm just saying the text messages I'm getting. Like, okay. The, we'll Sorry, everybody loves Raymond. Mash is a dramedy, not a sitcom, well, first of all. Well, first of all, Patrick, you got to give us a response on who, what your show would be you'd put up okay. there from a com- uh, comedy show. From a dramedy? Well, I'll tell you the best show ever. I just finished season six. The Crown. It's I- incredible. You gotta have you gotta have Netflix, okay? Just hit me up, I'll give you my code if you really want it that badly. The Crown, not a good show, an exceptional show. And if either of you disagree, you're just wrong. First of all, how long are the episodes? Eh, about fifty minutes. And eight, I'm assuming eight per season. Something like that, yeah. You All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out in the next month. I'll get back to you on that one. I've you, never you're watched gonna it. love it, Berkey. I've never watched it. See, what you need to do is find some culture, some sophistication, okay? <laughs> He's bitter. He's, He's trying bitter. to say it. Like, I mean, MASH is like one of the most important television shows in pop culture history. Okay, give me, then I'll play your game. Tell me one show on TV that you do like right now, present day, and I can compare it to MASH. I don't watch anything. It's on network TV. I was going to say, TV. I don't even know what's on TV. I don't watch anything. It's it, on network TV. I mean, ESPN's I not a good answer. Okay. Well, I was going to say anyway. Big Monday's doubleheader in the Big 12. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's get to some college hoops. I've got a bunch of NBA plays. Let's get to your guys' college plays. Uh, you can find Berkey's daily college plays over at vcin.com. And we're going to start here, MASH. Uh, Ohio catching eight versus Kent State. Let's get started there with some action, Berkey. Little Miami of Ohio here against Kent State. I know, I know you're still rattled with the mash thing, so I want to make sure. You <laughs> oh yeah, not the Bobcats. Not the Bobcats. That was intentional. Like you know, the Wolverines fans always say Ohio. I'm like, dude, they play in Athens. They're the Bobcats. Yeah. So we were talking about Pittsburgh. I got confused. Ben Roethlisberger, Red Hawks. My, no, Miami of Ohio, Kent State. What do you got? All right. So Miami actually, over the last 10 games, they played really, really well offensively. They got a guy back. I'm not going to butcher his name. Anderson Mirambo, I believe it's is how it's pronounced. It. But they're 55th in two-point percentage, top 103-point percentage. And they're facing a Kent State team that is horrific on defense. And to me, if you want to cover, and I think this is a decent-sized favorite number for Kent State, if you want to cover numbers as a favorite, you got to be at least competent defensively. 316th in effective field goal percentage defense. They are not very good in MAC games in conference play either. 10th in three-point percentage defense, 8th in two-point percentage. I just don't think they get enough stops to win this game by margin. It's like Miami of Ohio catching eight there at uh, Kent Reed, Kent Spell, Kent State. <laughs> why, why are you hating? Because I went to Akron. Akron. Better act right. Uh, do you agree with his take, Amal Shaw? I, I do. When you look at Marambo, he's a tough guy to match up with. He can go out to the perimeter. He's a big guy, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he's got some girth to him. Really a difficult matchup. And I'll tell you, Patrick, getting big points in the MAC this year, unless you're playing Western Michigan or Buffalo, those are pretty good opportunities. These teams, there's not much separating them. There's just not a clear-cut team. We've seen the Rockets in the past be a dominant team. That doesn't exist this year in this league. Last one for Berkey. Let's see. Loyola 
Loyola Marymount, Gonzaga. Gonzaga's, uh, you can find a 16, 15 and a half, 152 and a half on the total. Yeah, I think 15 and a half is just too much. I realize this total is 152 and a half too, but Loyola Marymount's a team that has really, really been able to grind games down in conference play, which I do like. And also something else I like, they scored over a point per possession in both of their games against St. Mary's. And this is a St. Mary's team whose defensive metrics are outstanding pretty much across the board. There are three games since the first part of December that St. Mary's has allowed over a point per possession. Two of them have been to this Loyola Marymount team. So I realize a big thing when you play Gonzaga is you have to keep up the scoring pace with them. I think Loyola can do that here. I do think this game is played under 70 possessions. The lower the number of possessions, the harder it is to win by significant margin. So I think Loyola Marymount's able to cover this 15-and-a-half number. They're a team that ranks in the 140 range by both Ken Palm and Bart Torvik. So this isn't some sort of walkover. And maybe there's a little bit of a look-ahead factor for Gonzaga here because they play St. Mary's this weekend. But I think Loyola, with their offensive efficiency, good enough to stay in this game getting a whole lot of possessions, uh, 15 and a half. So I like the Lions in this one. Patrick, another couple of things with the Zags. They're just not as good as they've been in years past. This is more of a name and a carryover effect with the point spread. LMU's got five guys that are averaging double digits in terms of scoring. You want to be able to go on the road and score. That's what you need if you're going to be able to cover a number here at the Kennel. And you look at this uh, Zags team. Against San Francisco, they were fortunate to escape that game. They were 25-point favorites against UOP over the weekend. They were tied or down by one at the half in that matchup. This is not a particularly good team. I think the run has come to an end now for Mark Few and the people in Spokane. For somebody younger than 40, to give you an idea of what excited Amal Shaw and Adam Burke, here's a taste. <laughs> we're totally going to get sued for this. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Instant depression. <laughs> That's that theme song. That theme song is wild. Why? Can anyway. you get uh, Everybody Loves Raymond's theme song when we come back? <laughs> That's a good show. I love Everybody Loves Raymond. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, DraftKings and the Super Bowl, that's a great combination. And make sure you bet $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Again, new customers, 5 bucks to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code VSIN, V-S-I-N, DraftKings. The crown is yours, Amal Shaw, Adam Burke, so... As we welcome you back here on Sharp Money, I think I'm going to have to take the L. Okay, so just to give you some context, I believe it was close to 50, 52 million that watched the NFC Championship game on Sunday night between San Francisco and the Detroit Lions. Do you know that, and we're talking about MASH, people, (laughs) MASH, Alan Alda, the rest of the crew, depressing as all get out. You got the helicopter, Korean War. Where's Harry Truman? Anywho, apparently Amal, this is something new. Amal and Adam Burke, they love MASH. They ride or die for MASH. Well, they're not the only ones. Did you know that MASH drew 106 million people for their finale? Now, that's when TV had three channels. But 106 million people watched the match finale, which is the most watched of all time. Congratulations, boys. I take the L. Well, thank you. We're not taking a victory lap on that one. I just, by the way, you're, everybody loves Raymond came in the top 15 all-time series finales. That surprised me a little bit. Everybody loves Raymond. You have thoughts on everybody loves Raymond there, Berkey? Didn't really watch it much. Okay. All right. Now. I got, okay, let's do this. I got a couple of props. You guys can tell me what you think. Uh, tonight, I know the Knicks, again, Julius Randle is out, a facilitator out for the Knicks. He has been awesome. The Knicks have been awesome, specifically after OG Ananobi has joined the team. Just absolutely makes them more dynamic. I know they're on a back-to-back to beat Charlotte last night. You take a look at the number. Here comes Utah. At the Knicks, the Knicks are laying four and a half. I'm not going to trifle with the side or total. Here's what I'm going to do. Utah's tremendous at locking down scoring point guards. Okay, so I'm going to look Jalen Brunson. No Randall. Again, facilitator. He becomes the main, main dime guy for the Knicks. I'm going to go over seven and a half assists for Jalen Brunson tonight. Um, the point guards don't really get off against, you know, Chris Dunn's and others them all. So I'll go he Brunson seven and a half over seven and a half on the assists. Well, not a bad way to go. This Utah team has not been great defensively, and this is a good opportunity. They rank 24th in the NBA in terms of defensive rating. Anytime you can find a weaker opponent, especially on the defensive side of the ball and these player props. The other thing that I like that you do regularly, you take a lot of Knicks props. It goes back to the conversation we had earlier. Focused on that team. Well, that's right. I'm obsessed with that team. No, but Patrick, it goes to the point we made earlier. If you know a team, whether you're a fan or you follow them pretty closely, 
that's where the opportunity lies. And a perfect example, yep. you talk about with the Knicks and Jalen Brunson over tonight, seven and a half assist. Jazz do play at a fast pace, so you're going to have more opportunities as well if you're on that Brunson prop with me. Here's one for you, Berkey. So Boston and Indiana, they've split the four games this thus far. The last time out, the Pacers beat the Celtics. It was controversial, so a bit of a revenge spot tonight for Boston. However, they're playing on the second of a back-to-back. -back. Boston's lane eight. Here comes the Pacers. Uh, again, not messing with the cider total. It looks like the Pacers are going to get back Halliburton, who's missed 10 of the last 11. I'm going to look to Siakam, okay? 15-plus. He scored 15-plus in 34 straight games, but 26, 31, and 19, respectively, in his last three with the Pacers. His point total, Siakam, is set at 19 and a half tonight. I'm going to go over because, like I mentioned, 26, 31, and 19 over his last three. However, he's getting the facilitator and Halliburton back. I think he gets some easy buckets tonight. I like Siakam over the 19 and a half tonight in Boston, Burke. Yeah, and I think when you talk about, you know, the situation that the Celtics are in, also a little bit banged up in terms of some of their big men. So, you know, when you talk about kind of monitoring minutes, and of course you're going to do that, you know, throughout the course of the NBA regular season, and especially in some of those compromising rest situations, I think that makes a lot of sense. And as you mentioned, you know, a guy who can get the ball inside, be the facilitator, coming back in Halliburton, those are things that you look for. And I think the NBA market, you know, I, I sometimes wish I had a little bit more time to do it because I think those are the opportunities that do present themselves. I think the player prop market is exactly the way that you want to hit the NBA. Yeah, like Brunson, like, and in, in, in Amal, I'm glad you pointed it out because Amal was talking earlier, went on a bit of a rant about people that don't like to bet their favorite teams or teams they focus on which is as long as you remove, remove the biases, you can also fade those teams just so you know you're allowed to bet against your favorite team and turn it into an emotional hedge. But Amal, as you know, a lot of my bets on the Knicks have been Randall with the assists because the four and a half, they just kept on waiting to adjust his number. He's averaging a little over five, five assists a game, the big, and mostly they were setting at four and a half. You're taking away five dimes from the lineup with no Randall in his second game out. So I think Brunson picks up some of that load. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. And Adam, our, my point was, you know, for example, you know Ohio State football. You might know the Browns. People refuse to bet on these teams. They're like, I don't bet on my team or I bet against them. Why not? I mean, if you're here to make money, it's the best opportunity there is. Right. I mean, I will say, like, I, there's not much I do with Ohio State games necessarily. But the Browns, I, I definitely feel like I have a pretty good feel for. And look, I mean, something about a guy like Brunson, I mean, as his usage has increased throughout the course of the season, his assists per game have gone up with each passing month. So it is one of those things where maybe the books were a little bit slow to adjust something like that. And look, I'll say this. I mean, to kind of bring this to college basketball, which is sort of more my area, when you look at a college basketball slate on Saturday, there were 153 games this past Saturday. And a lot of people are going to be getting into these markets now because football has almost completely wound down. You've got one more game left in the NFL. College football has been done for a few weeks. People are going to start betting the NBA and college basketball. And I think it's really important to kind of look to become an expert, have some expertise, whether it's a team, a division, a conference, something like that. Because if you're trying to catch up now, it's incredibly difficult at this point in time. So you want to look at something where you can be an expert and get some advantages potentially over the books, maybe find a bad number, especially in college basketball, where just become an expert in you know two or three conferences 
and just that's what you do. The nights that those games are played, that's what you do. And that'll kind of give you an idea of, you know, some of these teams. And then as you learn about those, add two or three more conferences as we get deeper into the, the winter and transition into spring. Yeah, in our vernacular, it's called specialization. It's a great point, specifically in college. Pick a conference or two, focus. You get an idea of the tendencies of each team, and then you can work from there. Amal, anything on the college hardwood tonight? Yeah, I got three plays tonight. We discussed them a little bit earlier today. Let's start with the game uh, in uh, excuse me, Oxford. Ole Miss laying a point, point and a half, depending on where you get the number. I like Ole Miss one, in this one a lot. I like Kansas State at home, minus two and a half against Oklahoma. And then the game you brought up, Patrick, earlier tonight. Marquette, even though they're on the road at the Pavilion Conference road game, this is not a good Villanova team. 11-9, and nine, it's a critical game for them, but I think Marquette's just a more complete basketball team. Nova struggles to shoot the ball from inside the arc and outside the arc. I like Marquette going on the road at the, uh, at the Pavilion tonight and getting the, the W, plus 110 yeah, money what do you think? Three plays. Great job, Amal. What do you think of that Marquette-Villanova matchup? Obviously, desperation. They're kind of on life support, the Wildcats, with their tournament hopes. But Marquette's a better team. And the Wildcats are in a bad way right now, Berkey. Yeah, Marquette's clearly the better team. I mean, the, the one thing that always concerns me a little bit in these games is, you know, you got a Marquette team that's really not that great in terms of field goal percentage against, but they force a ton of turnovers. So that's why their defensive metrics, specifically adjusted defensive efficiency, look better because they're a number seven ranked team in the country in terms of turnover percentage. That's what actually kept me off of this game because the strength of their defense is not as applicable here against a Villanova team that takes really, really good care of the basketball. So this was one on the short list for me. I did lean towards Marquette, but because their best defensive attribute is kind of counterfeited a little bit in this game, it wound up keeping me off of it, which is another reason why I think it's important if you can, if you have the time, to look into these college basketball markets. That game was on the lean list for me, but there were 30 other games, like well, 29 other games I could look at. In the NBA, there's you know three, four, eight, ten, whatever the case may be. That's why I really like college basketball because I don't have to settle if I don't love a play. I'm likely to find something else down the board. Can I give? Can I give? I told them all this one earlier. I want to see your take on it. It tips in about a half hour, a little over a half hour. South Carolina, not the top 25 bidder after beating Kentucky at Tennessee. Now, the number is like 13 and a half, 14. Randall and I believe them all said take the number. I went to the total. Tennessee and South Carolina, second and third, respectively, in the SEC and adjusted defensive efficiency. I know Tennessee is going to run. But the Gamecocks are going to try to slow it down here. I went under 136 and a half. Do you have an opinion on the total? Yeah, I mean, this is one where the one thing that's been really effective for South Carolina throughout the course of the season here has been kind of dictating the tempo. And Tennessee just largely played to Vanderbilt's tempo in the last game. They had a big lead. That slowed the game down. But I think South Carolina will be able to ugly this one up. And I also think Rick Barnes is a horrible head coach. So that doesn't hurt on the Gamecocks side. <laughs> Ask Austin, Texas, what they think about what you just said. Oh, Matt. The theme from today, the takeaway mash i'm all shaw enjoy your tuesday adam burke vson.com we'll see you tomorrow it's freddie prince jr and jeff died back in the ring wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season hey jeff 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.